back again with another podcast. I'm this guy, and we are we have that guy, and we have a whole group of star guests coming in. Uh, one of them you know as the one and only Bojell. We just had him on here for a recent podcast for Fantasy. Uh, we're bringing him back, and we also have a newcomer, Snake the Blake, or Blake the Snake, whichever way you like to put it. And we have another person who's been here before with Kobe Guy, uh, talking one thing and all thing Kobe. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and jump in. We have a great topic today with the GOAT. We're going to go into that conversation, and we're going to go ahead and start by getting an a introductory sentence and statement summary of who you feel it is and why. And we're just going to go ahead and jump in with my main man, uh, that guy. All right, guys. So th- there's going to be a lot of tears. There's going to be a lot of crying, a lot of yelling, probably on this podcast. And I might, I, I, I reserve the right to change my mind at any time because uh, I'm swayed by opinions. I'm going to be honest with you. The, with, with the GOAT conversation, this is, what, this is the problem I have with it. If you're looking at greatest of all time, this is emotional. And then when, it, when it's not emotional, people bring up a simple fact of, well, how many rings did they get? No matter if you go to anything else. So if I'm looking at rings, if I'm looking at rings, I can only look at a few people. And so my first person that I'm going to go with, and yes, I was born in New England, and I'm going to go with Bill Russell. And the reason I'm going to do that, even though it's a different era and everything like that, if we're going simply by rings that everyone always says about MJ, how many rings he got? Who's got more than Bill? Who? So that's who my greatest of all time. We'll talk about later on who it is, but you know, and why, but that's my pick. Thank you so much for that. And now we're going to shift it on over to the one and only Kobe guy. Uh, go ahead and tell us some information. All right. For my GOAT, greatest of all time, it's going to be Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And just a quick reason why, rule changes. As in, he changed the game, the way it's played, and forced the league and the commissioner to change the rules. And I'll go more into depth into that later. Thank you for that. Also, side note, Allen Iverson did the same thing. But I don't think he's going to make it on this list. (laughs) But we will keep going on to the one and only Snake the Blake visiting all the way up from Patterson. Uh, Spit some knowledge. All right. So I'm going to go here with Kobe. Uh, I got to say MJ couple reasons why number one best final performances of all time very consistent six finals very consistent stats and he has probably the best individual season of an NBA player ever in 87 to 88 so that's just a couple reasons for me I'll get more in depth then too I just want for all those listening in to know that Snake the Blake is white and he has a portfolio of information (laughs) and he's reading it from there so just so you know that's just that's just just so you know that's how it goes for those people. Uh, the next person is going on to my main man back again with the, fantasy. You had one shot. One you had one I'm back job. One job, do. and now we have to start editing. No, I love it. I this love is it. what I'm talking He's about. He's the only one with a portfolio. That's because you don't prepare for any show. He's white. He's our cousin. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> I just wanted to participate, guys. Come on. You see what I mean? This is why we love it. Token white guy. We got the one and only fantasy master man, Bojo, in the house. Go ahead, give us what you think. So, I grew up watching Michael Jordan. I remember when the tennis shoes came out. 
So I remember when he played in North Carolina. I remember when he was drafted. I remember when the Portland Trailblazers had a chance to pick him, and they went with Sam Bowie. They already had Clyde Drexler. They had a chance to pick Michael Jordan to go along with him. So they, they messed up on that. But my opinion, the GOAT, I think, is uh, LeBron James. And just my reasoning, if you gave the support that Jordan had to LeBron, I think uh, just one point, and I'll elaborate on it later. Can you remember LeBron's team when he went to the finals in 2007? When he was on the Cavs? Yes. Oh, yeah, a lot of people don't remember. It was a misfits, a band of misfits. Yes. He was swept by the spur. He was 25, 25 years old. That's, that's one thing. So just like Jordan, he had a team of misfits, and he couldn't get past out of the second round. The other thing is Jordan had one of the best coaches in NBA history. LeBron's coaches have always been subpar. So to have someone to hone, I mean, bring the best out of him, he's never had that. No coach to do that. So, Thank you so much for that. So for me, that guy, I'm going to go with, uh, as we go along in this subject, as I mediate as well, um, I'm kind of torn between the two. So if people are talking about it, my thing will be GOAT as of now would be Michael Jordan. I would say that because LeBron James isn't done. So he still has a lot to he still has more he can prove and give even more. But I do feel at the end of his season, when he retires and he is done, he will be the GOAT. And a lot the biggest reason for me to summarize it that Bo Joe, um, that uh, Bro Bell brought out that I really like is the man has done everything he's done without having someone helping him and guiding him along the way. Uh, you talk about some of the greats that people like. Uh, you know, Kobe had a great coach. Uh, most of them had great coaches. Michael Jordan had great co – they all had great coaches. But LeBron had to learn it on his own. He had to learn the hard way. He had to – so if you take that raw talent and you give him a nice coach, you change his story, you give him the same teams that these people had, uh, I do feel it would be a different story, but the story would still have an even better ending. So that's just my thoughts, but now we're going to shift it back to the main man, uh, that guy, as he goes back into depth with his, and he continues with that. Real quick, I'd just like to say, uh, I didn't hear anyone say Robert Horry, which is really disappointing. Big to shot. Me. <laughs> so, um, because he has seven rings, and no one talks about him being – Derek, <laughs> Derek <laughs> Fisher. But Derek Fisher gets in fights with uh, people's wives, and they're in all <laughs> – th like, th it's not right. It's not right. So I can't put Derek Fisher into that. Uh, Derek <laughs> – <laughs> no, see, now I'm thinking about Derek Fisher. No, Robert Horry was on the Houston Rockets in 93, 94. He was on the Lakers from 99 to 2002. And then he was on the Spurs for <laughs> or for 04 to 05 and then the 6 and 7. Um, I That is the same kind of, like, serendipitous nature <coughs> as Patrick McCaw getting three rings in his first three years, getting – Falling off of Golden State, then getting back on uh, Toronto and winning. So, Robert Horry, I love you, but there's he, he was never the main scorer. So, we're just going to put him put him in the back. I'm sorry. Um, the main thing uh, that all I'm going to say is with Celtics, every time I hear everyone's conversation, it makes a lot of sense for everyone. Jordan, it just makes sense. LeBron, it makes sense. He had Mo Williams, enough said. One year. Very Zhao. Very Zhao. Um, 
So I understand that. The only thing is, I would just point out one thing with uh, Bill, and then I'll probably shut up the rest of the episode. Um, with Bill Russell, if you it, has anyone, if anyone's read his book or has listened to what that man went through as he played on the, on the Celtics throughout the year, number one, if you look at it, they weren't even full time athletes. They weren't. They had to work part time the rest of the year. They had to do all these other things for him to be in that kind of shape and to do that with sustainable excellence no one else if you say well everyone could have done no there there are very few people that could have done it and for bill to do that over time and with the same coach to have that excellence who else has shown to do that think about how modern science exercise what they understand they didn't have any of that when he was there and still came out with 11 also too if you look at how they played all those different places um, totally different atmosphere, weren't respected. We're, we're not even going to go to the whole line that he had to deal with racism at that time. But if you look at even where they were allowed to stay and be on it, number one, they weren't doing first class. They were all on buses when they went to all their games. Number two, when they were looking at all of the ways that they trained, did anyone look at the type of shoes that they were using? Okay, so to have him to go through decades to do that, that's why I'm picking him. But that's only because of rings. I do agree with if I'm going to look at the most impressive run, as much as it hurts me, it would be LeBron. Because I feel like he's had to play against so many evolutions of different types of teams throughout the years. He had to go against Mavericks. He had to go through Spurs. He had to go through Golden State. He had to do all of those things. And so in that way – I think the most impressive run is going to be LeBron. But that's all I'm saying. I got a question for you. Uh, since you said, Bill, do you think at that time it made a difference since the league was smaller? It was a smaller league. They were really playing what I think it was 30 some teams at the time. No, because see, if we go with if we go through categories like that, then we're gonna have to look at playoffs of saying best of fives, best of yeah. sevens, and all those other things. Yeah. You you can't do all of these I- intricacies of saying, well, the league. You got to work with what you have. If you're the best at that time, I can't help that there wasn't that many teams. Just like the three pointer. Think about the three point line. When did that start? I mean, look at the numbers skewed that one person before that era came before the other. If so I, I, I understand what you're saying, but there's too many contingencies for, for that to be a factor. Thank you. I, that was well explained, and we're happy that you went ahead and brought that guy up there just, uh, just to have him out there. So now we're going to shift over, and we're going to do a little bit of a mix-up here. So I went ahead and switched it up. We've got Nando and Snake the Blake over there. Um, just so as we go, since both of them are more towards Michael Jordan, I kept them on that side, and we have these two over here. <laughs> just because he loves <laughs> – just because he loves LeBron, you made him switch seats with you? No, I did it this way. No, I did it this way. No, 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 no. So I did it this way. So as we're going forth, after each one goes, if we want to have more banter, it's easier to do it this way because we're both agreeing and feeding off of each other versus you two. So now we can make it a two-way battle versus a four-way battle. So we are going to go ahead and shift it over to actually that, uh, the Kobe guy, and he's going to go ahead and a little bit into more of his stats. All right, my point was Michael changed the way the game was played and made rule changes. Now, let me explain and defend myself in that case. Before Michael Jordan, the style of play was you had a five-man roster. 
that in point guard, shooting guard, the two forwards in the center. So, for instance, Detroit, Isaiah Thomas was point guard, and that was it. He was never shooting guard. Okay? Now, when Michael Jordan came, they instituted his style of play where he played off ball, and then in the fourth quarters, he would bring the ball down as the point guard. So that's how he really kind of started that, what LeBron is doing now. Now, the second thing, the rule change. Now, when I say that, I'll give you an example. Shaq. Shaq literally made them change the rules that a center could not camp out in the post. Well, why? Because he was that dominant. Now, what Jordan did was when it came to hand-checking, because of his defense, he was that much physically imposing on the team that after he retired, they had to change the rules because they knew that if they kept the hand-checking, that one guy would dominate the league. So they made it more towards to protect the guards, to protect the other players. So that leads me to believe that if LeBron James played in Michael Jordan era of hand-checking, I do not believe that LeBron would be mentally tough enough to handle that. I mean, when you saw Michael go up against the bad boy Pistons, they called it tap-tap. They would literally knock the guy out of the air. There was times he couldn't even get up. Now, if LeBron had to go through that, he would have been on the bench. There is no way that he could have handled that kind of pressure. I mean, the guy complains about every call. Now, don't get me wrong. Michael complained about a lot of calls, but in that era, he deserved a lot of calls. If Michael Jordan played in this era today, this cupcake league, this man would be averaging 60 points easily. So I have a question for you there that you brought that up. Um, sure. Uh, and you give me your thoughts on this. Um, when it comes to what you said, I understand the concept behind it, but to say it, do you think it's a little unfair? Um, because technically speaking, if you're looking back at it, Michael Jordan, technically at first, he couldn't cut it in the league. He got tougher after he got beat by the Pistons. He came back. He got bigger. He got buffer. He uh, jumped into that mentality and came back the Michael Jordan, uh, so to speak, the one that we all know. So technically speaking, he had to go through a refining moment, you can say. So technically, if you put LeBron James in that period, couldn't it be the same thing that he's getting beat up? Well, he's really, getting bumped, really, and then he comes back and he says, "Oh, okay, you know what? So you guys are going to play me like this. I'm going to change up my game, and I'm going to do that." LeBron's already big. Let's just say that, okay? Jordan got bigger, but it wasn't the fact that yeah, that helped that Jordan got bigger. But the real thing was Jordan got help. Once he got help, he finally made it over the hump of the Pistons, and that's really what it came down to. Yeah, you can get stronger. You can get more mentally tough. Yes, that helps. But I just don't think LeBron would have cut it. I don't think he's already probably the strongest and biggest player that we've seen at his position. So he would have already had that. It would. He would just. Michael just needed help. That's what it really comes down to. Now, um, you want me to go to Blake? Well, okay, Blake, let's go ahead and switch this up. So, just uh, a switch we're gonna do is. Um, and we'll keep it going, just like I switched mics and I'm holding it. I'm going to switch it to Bojo, and he's going to talk. Now, as he's speaking about LeBron, if you have any questions on statements he says, just let me know. You can jump in, 
because we're both on that side, it makes it a little bit easier. So we're going to switch it to Bojell. If you have a statement, just raise your hand up. He knows. He'll pause. You can bring it in there, and he can kind of uh, answer back to your question. So uh, we got Bojell Hill. So um, I thought when LeBron went to the finals, uh, was it 2016 against Golden State? Um, I thought then if he had a Kyrie and uh, Kevin Love, I think they would have won the series. So I guess when I got to game two, his, his starting guards were Iman Shumpert and Della Vadova. And a lot of people forget the Cavaliers were up two games to one. Um, I believe it was uh, game two. Was it in Golden State? And that performance LeBron put on, I remember after the game, he slammed the ball on the ground because he, he he had – I mean, he won the, that game, but he had no team. Um, I really felt that if he had just a little bit of help, just a little bit, they, they could have pulled it off. Uh, so I asked I ask myself, if that was LeBron with that chump team, with that Golden State Warriors, could Michael Jordan pull pull that off? Um just that, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, a phenomenal shooter, but going against Steph Curry and Clay, um, it was just something that, you know, because Jordan had bum teams, but when he proved, when he had bum teams, he could only get but so far. Now think about this. <clears throat> Jordan had Scottie Pippen, which is a sidekick, and every NBA player has a sidekick. Scottie Pippen w- went down as one of the top 50 greatest players ever. That's your sidekick. I mean, that's your sidekick. I mean, I mean, Dr. J eventually had Moses Malone, but Scottie Pippen, I mean, across the board is viewed as one of the best play, two-way players in history. And, uh, and again, a lot of people don't remember when they won a couple of the championships, they had Ron Hopper. I remember when Ron Hopper played for the, the Clippers. Again, he's 6'7", and he's a beast. So he had, I don't want to say Jordan had stacked teams, but his GM made sure he had some really, really, really good players. And then they had Coach, 6'10", shooting the lights out. So Jordan had stacked teams. When it comes to the stacked team argument, one thing I will bring out with Scottie Pippen is do you feel that maybe MJ elevated Scottie Pippen's game? Um, early in his, Pippen's career, it's not like he was well-known. He wasn't an all-star. MJ would practice with him one-on-one after practice to – you know, get their craft. LeBron, at least to me, has never taken a teammate from their rookie season to really elevate them. Do you feel like maybe Pippen was a better draft pick that maybe Jordan was able to mentor, or does that reflect on LeBron's mentoring skills to the younger players? I I think that may have been a two-way street. I think Jordan made Pippen better, and I think Pippen made Jordan better. Because Pippen, uh, that finals when when uh, Michael Jordan's first finals against uh, the Lakers, uh, Magic Johnson, they put Scottie Pippen on Magic and he gave Magic gave Magic Johnson problems. He had a full court press against Magic, and Magic couldn't run the Showtime Lakers like he wanted to. Had Scottie Pippen on him, and Scottie was just he was just so tenacious. So I think it, it was a two-way street. I think Jordan did make Pippen better, but I also think Pippen made Jordan better because he could match that that tenacity. And um, 
I, I do remember on the Dream Team when they played against Croatia and they, when Tony Kukos was, when they was matched up against them, they were arguing which one was going to take Tony Kukos on defense because they both were just that nasty. So I think they both made each other better. Okay. And one other thing I'll bring out is I'm not a complete LeBron hater. I know you guys say that about me. I will admit a couple years ago when he carried that Cavs team against the Warriors and they were swept and they had beaten the Raptors and the Pacers – like, that that was incredible. That run that LeBron had, I have to admit, that's one of the best runs he ever had. But when you have the discussion of the GOAT, you have to look at their entire career, from their rookie season to the end of their career. And the one thing that always sticks out with me with LeBron has to be the finals against the Mavericks. Jordan, he averaged, I think it was at least 27 points in every finals he played. LeBron in that finals with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh averaged 17 points. Personally, for me, I feel like if you have swapped Jordan and LeBron in that role, Jordan probably closed out the finals. Because I think they were up 2-1 in that finals as well. But um, like I said, I won't take anything away from LeBron when it comes to that supporting cast 2007, a couple years ago. Uh, Kobe has something to add. Question for both of you. Um, well, mostly Joe. Does it bother you if you're – let's just say LeBron has proclaimed himself as a GOAT, right? He had the barbershop talk. He did that. Now, do you feel like you giving up on your franchise and moving teams, do you think a GOAT should be allowed to do that? And then also dictate what trades you want to play with you. Because let's be honest, LeBron has put pressure on the front office on which players he's want. He's cleaned house with the Lakers. You know, it hurts me to say that, but he's done that. Do you think a GOAT should be allowed to do that? I mean, would if he would have just stayed with Cavs the whole time, would he have ever gotten the – experience in championships with Miami? So, to answer your question, I say yes. A GOAT should be able to dictate. I'll tell you why, going back to Jordan. Do you know all those years Jordan was winning championship, he should have been the highest paid player in the NBA. He wasn't. They lowballed him. And when he, uh, that last three series of finals, when he uh, uh, stayed with the Bulls, he went on one year. A lot of people don't remember this. Jordan started those one-year contracts. He was getting thirty million a year. In one year, he got thirty-three million. He was going one year at the time. His uh, agent was David Falk. He was kind of like the top agent at the time. And the agent told him, "We're not negotiating two, three, four-year deals. We're going to do one-year deals." And of course, the GM in Chicago didn't like that. And that's why after they won their final championship after six years, that's why the, the band just went their separate ways because they didn't want to pay Jordan. Now, he's the GOAT, and they don't want to pay him. So um, Jordan realized, too, that it, it, it was a business. And when he won his, uh, you figure, his first, uh, his first three championships in a row, he should have been, like I said, the highest-paid NBA player, and he wasn't. He wasn't even close. So Jordan – had such a love for the game, but he wasn't as business savvy. And I think, it, uh, and I credit Jordan for this, LeBron took note of that, of how the business side. And um, he, he, he watched that because Jordan got, uh, he got, he got reamed. So do you feel that LeBron left for business and not for players? Because when I see LeBron, and I, I like LeBron, I'll say that. I My first real jersey I bought was a St. Vincent, St. Mary jersey of lebron james you know hand stitch but i feel like lebron left cleveland the first time for players because his boys called him up was like hey let's do this now 
Let's make a super team. They, of course, they ain't called that, but I don't feel like it was business. I feel like he knew if he didn't start winning championships, he would not be considered in the GOAT conversation. Well, whoever the GM was, they didn't get him the right players. Like, I'm looking at the 2007 roster. Who's his sidekick? Does anybody remember? Larry Hughes. Larry Hughes. <laughs> no sidekick at all. Yeah, Larry Hughes. Remember Drew Gooden? He was on that squad. Um, Damon Jones. Uh, y'all remember uh, Danielle Marshall with the corn rolls? Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Gibson. And how about this? How about how about the three point specialist Booby Gibson? So <laughs> that was a, so his GM is not getting him good players. I mean, he's getting them. I would say about third, fourth tier players. If LeBron had just one good player on his team, he could. I think he could have. He could have did some damage. You know. What about his last season with the Cavs when they had a sixty-seven win roster? They had Shaq. They had a couple other good players on that team. Now they weren't championship caliber, that's, but it was better than. That's the point. See, LeBron knew what it would take. Because mind you, he already been to the finals, so he understood what it took. Uh, to win it all. I think that's the part he 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 understood that um, you need you need players. And again, going back to Michael Jordan, if you look at his squad, he had really good defensive players and really good specialists. Even guys coming off the bench, like I don't know if you guys remember Jordan's first run. He had a guy named John Paxton, who's a three point Paxton retired. Who did he get? Steve Kerr. So the GMs always gave him good players to work with. You know, he, he was rough on them in practice. He would punch these guys. and <laughs> He had good players. He never had – even his centers weren't dominating centers. All Jordan wanted him to do, get the rebound. Get the rebound. And, and then, again, when um, they had uh, Horace Grant, he was their rebounding specialist. He left, and they got Dennis Rodman. He, he had these great – Jordan had Hall of Fame players on his team. That's the thing. Hall of Fame, not just Hall of Fame. And I'm thinking, man, if, if LeBron had Hall of Fame help, then he would do some – he, he had that in, in Miami. So. so now let's fast forward. I, I see your point. Um, so now both teams, let's just say, okay, LeBron, he finally gets the players, right? Jordan, he had the players. So now we're talking about GOAT, and we're talking about individualism, you as a basketball player. For me, GOAT, another thing that ties in with that is clutch. Are you clutch or not? When I look at LeBron, the two things that saved his career was Ray Allen's three-pointer in the corner, right? They were going to lose that game. So that's one championship down. And then Kyrie Irving's three in the corner in Steph Curry's face. That's another championship gone. So when it came to Jordan, the flu game, he showed up, right? And I, I brought that up because I know you don't care about that game, but Jordan has always showed up. And I'm, I'm going to let Blake tie in onto this because he has more to say about that. So, yeah, let me get my portfolio out here with my statistics and numbers. I know how much you guys love that. And let me get my reading glasses on. Ah, uh, here we go. <laughs> so Michael Jordan in the finals averaged 33 a game. 
Now, I know Doc mentioned this at the beginning that we can't really compare arrows, but I'll, I'll mention this. This was without the three-point line. He's averaging 33 a game on 48% shooting consistently. The finals against the Suns, he was averaging 41. They couldn't stop him. And like I said, when it comes to that conversation of the GOAT, you look at each finals. LeBron had the one where he averaged 17, and then also his last one with the Heat. I mean, I know that team wasn't necessarily, like, the greatest. They still had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, and they got, what, beaten five against the in Spurs? Their in their prime. It's not like well, they were over the hill yet. See, I, I think that's a misconception about that Heat team. They, they, they weren't, they, uh, particularly Dwayne Wade, he was on, he was on the downswing. He was on the downswing. Um, he wasn't the flash that what he was when he won it with Shaq. And Dwayne Wade wasn't. He wasn't the same player. But either way, because of LeBron being there, they had to take a back seat. So even if he was the same player, mm -hmm. they would have had to take a back seat anyways in order for the offense to flow because LeBron is a ball-dominant player. And that and Chris Bosh had to become a center because of LeBron James. So even if he was in his prime, I still don't think it would have made a difference because Pat Riley, obviously he knows what he's doing. You know, he made Eric Spolstra a superstar coach. Before that, he was a nobody doing film sessions. Right, Dakari? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, kind of with that, I think I'm just writing notes just for, for the show notes with this because it's so many good points. I think GOAT, like you guys were talking about, uh, I like clutch moments that uh, Kobe guy was talking about. Blake the Snake talking about development of, for other players. I never really considered that, too. There's many different layers when you're talking about this conversation. But I think there's pros and cons of each one, right? Because if you look at MJ – MJ, if you're saying he's greatest of all time, but at the same time, his team was so stacked, that elevates him too. But at the same point when uh, Blake Snake was talking about his development of players with Pippen, if he developed Pippen and it worked both ways, when MJ left, remember the Bulls weren't a slouch after, after MJ left. How far did they get? They got to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they went against the Knicks, and they were one game away going back to uh, – to the NBA Finals. So look at that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that shows when look what happened when LeBron leaves his teams. The the, the whole financial district in Cleveland goes down. Just <laughs> <laughs> the restaurants, the bars, everybody in in in. Uh, <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Like yeah. if you look at like even when Tristan Thompson the other year, like when when LeBron left, and they're like, we're still the champs. Remember what happened right after? How did? Where did the uh, where did the Cavs end up in the Eastern Conference? Were they dead last, or they were yeah. close? Right. I mean, so if you're looking at teams, I think it's it's it can run into both because I think MJ does have a superior team, but there's pros and cons. If you're looking at who, I think I think if we look at goat, okay, MJ. If we're talking about MVP, you got to say LeBron every single year on his teams, pretty much that have he has to carry those people. Now, question for you there on something you'd said. So, if we're talking about the greatest of all time, so wouldn't it mean then, based off the statement you said before, it would be who would have the greatest impact if they left their team? So, technically, wouldn't that still be LeBron then? Because you think about, if you're greatest, it can be looked at both ways. When he left, you can see that there was a giant hole that had to be filled. When he was there, they became instantly a playoff team. Any team that LeBron went to, Excluding the this year with the Lakers, there's one problem with that. They became at least contenders. Their name was brought up. Now, because Joe has 
not knocking his age, has lived through both of these eras, just to make a point to what you're saying, do you feel like LeBron has had it easy in this era in his East compared to what Jordan had to go up against, against Patrick Ewing, against the Pistons? Now, I, I didn't live and see every single game, but maybe you can kind of give us some light on that. So it's, it's kind of half and half. Um, when Jordan played with Isaiah Thomas and, and Barkley and Ewing and and uh, David Robinson and all in the in the mailman Carmelo Chris Mullen, that was a totally different time. You was allowed to do things uh, that you can't even <laughs> you can't even do now. Um, now with with LeBron, I would say he had the target on his back from the time he was uh, when he was on Sports Illustrated. I mean, he didn't know. Uh, he thought Sports Illustrated was just like a local Akron magazine. He didn't know this is a this is a nationwide magazine. When they put it on there, and they and they gave him the name the Chosen One. He had a target on his back, and um, the state of Ohio and the Cleveland Akron area wanted him to deliver. That's a lot of pressure for what an eighteen year old. That's a lot. Um, when Jordan came into the league, he wasn't asked, "Hey, you, you need to win us a championship right away." Uh, LeBron, he he was. He was expected to deliver a championship. Uh, it was a lot of pressure on him, and uh, I think that's why he went and got bigger, because he went he he took his knocks. Guys were guys were, were uh, pretty tough on him. But the thing I say about LeBron, when he goes to a team, it's almost expected that you know what we're going to the finals. Now Jordan, when he you know, um, you know, <laughs> and I remember I remember that with the Wizard. And think about Joe about the championship, uh, about the finals too. They they did have a three point line, because I remember when he played against Portland, he dropped like six three pointers, and that's what he did to shrug. He was like, I don't, he was in the zone. He was like, I don't know, because that that was the year they tried to compare him against Clyde Drexler. And that's when Jordan got up and was like, you know what, Clyde is not even in my in my league. But and Jordan went off. But that's what I mean. My point, yeah, he's expected to go to the finals, but in the East. Now he's in the West. Nobody's even thinking he's going to go to the finals. Only the people who have followed LeBron and are on the bandwagon. I mean, I mean, this year is different. But last year, nobody, everybody was like, it's, it's not going to happen. All Lakers fans knew it. But I feel like when Jordan came in, the competition in the East was so great that they were like, this is just a kid. Like, this is a nobody. And a couple things. Just uh, for – just information. So three-point line came in in 79, but it wasn't really adopted until mid-80s. 86 was the year that the NCAA came in with three-point line, and then the year after high school. So it was still that league when MJ first came in, still still learning how to use it and everything like that. Um, I, I do agree with what you're saying with all of those things. The only thing is with LeBron – and this is the only thing I was going to say, the caveat, LeBron is in a totally different area of how basketball is covered. If MJ had even 20% more coverage on him when he was playing, his his whole life, his whole career would be totally shifted. See also all of his gambling escapades versus how, how LeBron cannot sneeze without it being covered. He can't dunk on a kid without it being covered and people talking about it. So I, I understand what you're saying with that. But I think it's also the media and the time of how popular basketball is and all of those things. 
LeBron can only live in an age where he's covered because MJ made basketball so popular to get it to that level when LeBron was there. But, you, you, you know, there was a game, what, when he played against the Suns, and they talk about it, MJ was playing golf all the day, uh, like, before that, where he's, like, seven shades darker in gambling the whole day before he plays. Like, if you think about if LeBron tried to go out to a club or did that during the finals, what would have happened? So I, I think it, it's just a lot of pros and cons on both sides. And a point I wanted to bring out when you said about – because people talk about this year with the Lakers team and not making it um, – I was watching um, your boy, um, JaVale McGee, and he was talking on the herd. And he brought up a really good point that I never thought about. He's like, you know, a lot of people get on their team, but he's like, being in the locker room, he's like, that whole team never, ever had a chance to gel together. He said everyone was hurt. There was never a time when they were all out together playing healthy. So you put him on a team that you say, oh, well, the Lakers, they were a pretty good team. Everyone was hurt. LeBron gets hurt. And then think about it, With everybody being hurt, before LeBron James got hurt, where were they? We're sitting the, what, the fourth seed? And I'm not saying that that would have continued the whole way, but he had it proven up to the point that he got hurt that he could hang with the people there in the West. So that whole argument of like, oh, can, you know, LeBron hang in the West? I'm like, I think LeBron can hang in the West. But if he's because LeBron's so smart mentally, he says, why kill myself in the West when I can just play in the East? And get there, and just <laughs> and just go ahead and just be the king of the east. I mean, is there? I, I hear a noise from the car. Is there something no, there? No. The only the only thing I'm saying is, like you said, the king of the east, right? So, and you know, I, I don't even like Kobe like that, right? But if we're gonna be talking about like, if you're gonna look at gauntlet rounds, the West is murderer's row, right? So East, I think LeBron could conserve his body and do all of those things through the years was because he went through the East so many times. Kobe and anyone else in the West, there is no way that they could make it through that position to actually get to the number of final appearances that LeBron has had if they're a Western Conference team, anyone on that side. So if let's just say uh, – that's why you got the mic there still. If let's say alternate reality, uh, LeBron James is in the West, all the past years, all his stats, put it in the West. You just tell me, where do you see him seated? Do you see him going as far, being as good – where do you see him if he's in the West versus the East? You're talking about LeBron. LeBron James. All the past years he's been the okay. King of that's the East. different. You because, tell me what, no, just what because you think. if he's going to go the same way as how he was quote unquote the Cleveland of the East, he would be at the Phoenix Suns probably, right? So you're telling me hypothetically he would be on a bottom feeder team like the Phoenix Suns, with then you end up in the same kind of position as LeBron was in in the East, where his GM sucks, he doesn't know what's going on. How well has the Suns been doing, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, if he's on the West, he might – I would see him getting probably second, maybe semi-conference final. I don't see him going or walking to the finals of the Western Conference when for the first maybe four or five years of his life. Four or five, at least. By the way, you remember when LeBron used to get jacked up by Gilbert Arenas, okay? Remember that when he was younger. Back when he had the guns in his locker. Well, Gilbert Arenas is now in the big three. So we're just we're showing how their life has changed, right? But it was Kobe, he no, excuse me. Kobe, you see how Kobe's line in what the Spurs had to do and all those. But think about like if Steve Nash, you think about poor Suns. Like if the Suns were in the East compared to where they were, they lost to two dynasties in the West. So if LeBron showed up and was on, and drafted in the West, 
maybe two, maybe two conference appearances. What if you put him on Kobe's team and he's oh, in that well, position? That's totally. That, that's no. Get, get, switch that. That's all hypothetical. So I, I got a question for Joe. Um, once again, Joe, you lived through it, so I'm going to ask you. Um, LeBron has been in the league since he was 18. Michael Jordan played how many years in college? I think it was three. Three years in college. Mm -hmm. Okay. So LeBron had a head start. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and he still only managed to get three championships. Jordan came late to the game. So LeBron has, since he was 18, was getting beat up by grown men, NBA players, mm -hmm. has had time to develop his game. But yet, Jordan has won six titles with six MVPs. And if he didn't retire, let's just go ahead and say it, it would have been seven okay. MVPs and titles. Now, do you think that so that's plays? Wh that's, why I, that's why I go back to the argument. Uh, Jordan had Doug Collins as his coach. Mm -hmm. Doug Collins got fired. And you bring in Phil Jackson, again, which goes down as one of the best coaches in history. So now Phil Jackson, and this, is get, this gets left out, Phil Jackson um, helped Scotty and Jordan psychologically to get through the Pistons because the Pistons would not just beat them up physically, but also <laughs> mentally. So Phil Jackson, um, he's supposed to be a religious man. That's why he did all that Zen stuff to help them mentally to get through that. So he had a they had a really, really good coach. I go back to the argument. Jordan, he, he had bums as coaches. No one helped him to develop. He had to figure out on his own. Had to, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, LeBron had to figure out on his own. And uh, he doesn't get a, a true sidekick until he goes back to Cleveland the second time with uh, Kyrie. And um, – Jordan, again, his sidekick, a Hall of Famer. So it, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't get any better. And like I said, not only does his sidekick is, is a monster on offense, he's a monster on defense. Um, Kyrie, even though he was a good sidekick for LeBron, he doesn't, Kyrie doesn't scare anybody on defense. You know? So I just think Jordan had really he, – he landed in some good, good, good spots really help his career out I, I just said man if he had a sidekick and then had an all-star coach there's no telling what 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 could happen all right we thank you for that information we are going to take a short break here um and uh we'll be back with you guys here shortly